Welcome to the Faith and Belief Forum podcast. We work towards a society with strong interfaith relations where difference is celebrated. Join us as we delve into questions of faith, belief, identity and more with fascinating guests from diverse communities and organisations across society. We're really grateful today to be able to be joined by four people connected to your organisation, four friends, to have a conversation about faith and belief in the midst of what are some really uncertain and challenging times. And this podcast is coming to you from Birmingham. So we have a Christian, a, a, a Jew, a Muslim and a Sikh from a, from Birmingham community to, to share with you about their experiences and to, 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 to have a conversation about faith and belief in the midst of uncertainty. So in a moment, I'm going to introduce them one by one and ask them to introduce themselves to you. But initially, I'll introduce myself. Um, my name is Rich and I am a programs manager um, here at the Faith and Belief Forum in the West Midlands. And, and one of the things that I asked each of our uh, speakers to do today was to, um, as a way of introduction, to think about something which has been valuable to them during this lockdown. And, and I'm also going to share that. So one of the things that has been really valuable for me during this lockdown is the practice of gratitude. So um, I think we're all aware of the things that we are missing at the moment. And um, I really wanted to be intentional about focusing on the things that I am grateful for, I'm thankful for. So every night I've been filling out a journal and thinking about those things that um, I am grateful for. So I'm going to ask each of our guests to uh, one at a time introduce their names, their faith and belief, uh, also their profession as well, or, or where they work or if they're retired, and then share with you uh, their objects that they uh, are thankful for. And um, that will kick off. Uh, our conversation. So I'm going to start with uh, Nika, if that's okay. So over to you, Nika, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Right. Hello. Uh, my name is Nikat Panjwani and I'm a school teacher and professional. An object, I have more than one object, if that's okay. The most important one is my laptop. I don't need to show you my laptop, but the laptop is a really, really valuable tool for me. One of the books is most valuable for me as well, where I've started writing about the five R's. Um, so I've got five things that I, I sort of reflect upon at the end of the day. And one of, one of it is reflection on the holy book, the Quran. The other one is repentance to God for some things I may have done which, which might not be in sync with God's grandeur. The other R is to be read alert about my mental state, about my consciousness throughout the day. Um, the next R stands for relationships, how I'm creating my relationships. And finally, remembrance, how much of remembrance of God I bring in my, in my life throughout the day. So that's my most valuable asset at this moment in time. Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm Val Harrison and I'm from Birmingham Progressive Synagogue, right in the middle of Birmingham. There are several things that are precious to me, one of which is not an object, it's my wonderful neighbours. My husband and I are both over 70, he has a heart condition, I've got slightly reduced mobility because I had an operation on my knees a year ago, and we have wonderful neighbours who look after us and who will 
do most of our shopping for us, anything that we can't get at our local shop. And I'm eternally grateful to them for their wonderful community spirit. One set of the neighbours only moved in two weeks before lockdown happened. And the first thing they did when lockdown happened was to say, if there's anything you want, let us know. Um, so we're very blessed with them. The other thing that I value very much is our prayer book because it means as Jews we don't have to have a priest or any other intermediary to talk to the eternal one and my husband and I like any adult Jew can conducting a service can have our own service in our own home every Shabbat or any time we choose to um, so that really is a most valuable thing to us and at the moment because we're in between Passover and Shavuot and we are counting the Omer, the Omer being um, a sheaf of grain which was to be brought after 50 days after Passover to the temple as an offering. We're counting those days which is a way of keeping track of how long we are in lockdown and reminding us that Jews have counted time for centuries. So those are my objects. Hello. My name is Satnam Singh Poonian. I belong to Sikh community in Birmingham. And uh, the objects, I think one thing uh, is the sort of my pocket holy book. It's very small. It has sort of seven prayers which we are supposed to do every day. And uh, I've been actually sort of reading that carefully and trying to understand a bit more because sometimes when you when you read it you read it and you don't really spend time to think about it so i've been trying to make a list of things which are relevant to today's world uh, as we see and one of the interesting things it said was uh, pavan guru pani pita pavan is the air see the air as your teacher as your guru pani is water, water as your father and earth as your mother and you must look after these things for the humanity's survival. So I can see that that this, this lockdown is what it's doing is it's, it's shutting us inside and trying to clean the environment and uh, uh, you know there, there are so many things which I, which I found which I didn't to actually contemplate on before and I, I sort of spend more time it's on the bedside and whenever we get time you, because you, you got a lot of time just uh, pick it up and try to understand uh, what is the deep meaning behind it the other thing I sort of my uh, object of interest is the phone the telephone has been so good and I have found that I have relatives all over the world who I don't speak normally to because everybody is indoor, they are at home and I've been getting, getting in touch with people in Australia, in India, Canada, America um, who are maybe distant relatives but this thing has brought us so close that we, we, we cherish that, you know, the, how, how important it is to have the loved ones and my grandchildren are in London, so again, the phone has been a, a lifesaver that um, you know, we, we get in touch and we talk to them every day. Uh, so that's, that's been my life. Hello, my name is 
Ben Lees and I am the lead pastor at a medium-sized church in Sully Hall, which is in the West Midlands, Sully Hall Christian Fellowship. I'm glad not everybody picked an object. <laughs> um, I, and again, in the vein of everyone, I will do two things. You know, um, I have four children and as they've got older, it's been more difficult to do things together. We all leave the house in the morning at different times. Then at the end of day after school, the, the oldest is a teenager, the youngest is in primary and people are out almost every night. And we don't spend that much time together. And during the lockdown, we've been able to spend some daily time reading the Bible together first thing in the morning. And it's something we've not been able to do for a long time because of the busyness of life. And all the children are out at groups and I work a lot in the, the evenings as well. So it's been so valuable to just sit down and read the Bible as a family and to pray. And I've really valued that. We do it almost every day. Um, and that's been of great value. And it's something I hope we don't lose when we come the other side of the lockdown. And the second thing, which I will share more a bit later on, is my tablets. That has been of great value during this time. Um, it's enabled me to keep connections, but I will share more about that as we go through the podcast. So thank you, Richard. It's so good to have you all here, Ben, Nika, Val and Satnam. So what we're going to do now is I just want to go through a series of questions. As I mentioned, I'm really interested in hearing how you all are, how your faith belief is yeah, being practiced in this time of uncertainty and, and how you're staying connected. The first question that I'd like to ask all of you is uh, starting with how are you? Uh, it's a really challenging time and we recognize the impact on, 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 on families and, and close friends and people within your community. So it'd be great to hear how you are all doing. And then also additionally, like it'd be really interesting, some of you have already touched on this a little bit, but how are you staying connected with the people that you care about at the moment? And can you share any tips that you found, found helpful? And we'll start uh, this time with Val. Right, Rich. Okay. I'm fine, my husband's fine, and most of our community are fine, although um, we have unfortunately had a couple of our members who have succumbed um, to the virus, but fortunately are on the mend. Um, and we've obviously been praying for their recovery. Staying connected with the community has been interesting. We initially um, obviously had to close down all services like everybody has and we were concerned because a lot of our members are old or older we're of quite a, a widespread congregation because um, the liberal and progressive synagogues are a bit few and far between in this area if you go west the next nearest progressive synagogue to us is in Dublin the nearest one to us is probably east in Leicester there's one in Nottingham there are obviously orthodox synagogues in Birmingham there's Singers Hill and there is um, Central Synagogue and there is also uh, the synagogue in Solihull it was a question of how we kept our members in touch so we do have a website uh, one of our members has set up a blog, which is nice, that we can all contribute to. The council, of which I'm a member, Synagogue Council, has also decided, we, we started to telephone people 
we got in touch with people by email so that's all ongoing um, the rabbi has started doing services via zoom which is very useful she does a little service on a friday night and also on saturday uh, saturday morning and she does have dullah at the end of um, which is the ceremony that says farewell to this the, the sabbath until the next week um, at the end of saturday so we have meetings via zoom we're also um, going to have an online quiz for members um, we're going to also have a weekly coffee and chat that people can join in to uh, again on zoom and those people who don't have the internet we've made sure that we know that they are in contact with people by phone who live near them um, and have people's phone numbers if they need help so really it's a question of making sure that you keep on talking to people keep on connecting with people and find different ways of connecting with people to get over the problems that we've all got at the moment but it seems to be working quite well yeah sounds like you're doing some amazing stuff to keep people connected so it's really good to hear satnam i'd love to hear how you are and how you are staying connected to the people that you care about uh, again richard um just uh, as well said you know the, the format is very similar and we have sort of live streaming coming from the gurdwara and um I'm sort of in charge of uh, having the organizing the service at the Gurdwara and contents who, you know, what goes. So I do miss that part. Uh, so I'm constantly in touch with the uh, priests there. And uh, we just um, uh, get issued the directive from the Amritsar, uh, the Akal Takht, you know, the uh, daily sort of sermon from there. So we, we get that uh, over the WhatsApp messages. As far as we are concerned, our local Gurdwara, they, they have the live streaming there. We can log on to that. And we also have some uh, community TV channels, you know, Sky channels, which um, uh, relay the uh, different sort of news items as well, what's happening around the world. Um, every Gurdwara has, uh, is actually uh, not open for public, but it is actually open because the very important part of Gurdwara is langa, you know, which is a free food. And they have been cooking food there every day and delivering to the people in the community who are vulnerable. And uh, those people doesn't have to be Sikhs, you know, they have the, you know, uh, because we do have people who come regularly to Gurdwara who need food and uh, some homeless as well. So we have networks to deliver to them and make sure that they are, they are fed. And, um, and they also uh, provide uh, food to NHS workers as well. So Gurdwara, as far as we are concerned, we have people who stay there and uh, we have people who deliver, who don't come into contact with those people inside. Uh, so they take it out and deliver and um, that network is working. So we are quite sort of in touch with uh, with people, uh, mainly young people, because we are regarded as older people now, so we can't really get involved <laughs> directly. Mainly younger people, they are volunteering and uh, taking care of the community. Thank you, Sam. That was so uh, interesting to hear. And like not everyone knows about um, Lunga and uh, the the fact that like those kitchens are, are open 24 
for hours yeah. and it's really like interesting to see how you are adapting and taking that food out to those who need it the most at the moment um let's go to ben how are you and how are you staying connected hi rich yes we're a good um you know as i said it, 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 it's great to spend a bit more time with the, the family i think if we've seen in the news the, the focus has shifted to mental health and uh you can see that because I suppose the way I would describe it, our emotional buckets are quite full, you know, and every now and again, there'll just be something that just, just tips that emotional bucket over. Um, and you, you can see that and I see that working out in the people I speak to, you know, on the whole, we're good, but just every now and again, you know, it's like, wow, yeah, this is really happening. And that's where our faith comes in. Um, for a lot, we still continue to practice our, our faith. We have several Bibles in the, the, the home, and I still make sure I keep my own quiet time, as we tend to call it, um, in our church, um, where we just spend time with God reflecting on their the, the day and reading our holy book. And that's been invaluable. As regards to church and connecting in, in with church, where would we be without the internet? It's been invaluable. I mean, I quite like to put the laptop away at, at, at night, so I try not to stay glued to my phone. But it's allowed us to connect. Zoom, Facebook, Skype, they've just been incredible tools to allow us to speak to each other. And I've been quite intrigued at how people have just been so thankful to see faces. You know, people say it's so good to see your face and it's allowed us to um, encourage each other. We have discipleship groups in the week so they can still happen through Zoom. We've all become YouTube sensations um, as our church services each week are now streamed on YouTube. And it has been such a blessing to still continue to connect with other Christians, but also to connect with the community as well. Um, the government guidelines allow you to come together to help a vulnerable people. We used to run a, a community lunch, a bit like Satnam. It wasn't every day, but once a week we would cook food for about 80 or 90 people. And it was completely free. Uh, and we would just create a safe place for people to come in and have food and we would meet lots of needs. Well, clearly we can't do that. Clearly we can't invite people in. So we still get the food deliveries every week and we've been turning them into food parcels. Um, so we've gone out into the community and we've found the vulnerable people. Um, and we um, probably this week, it's every Wednesday, we probably put 35 to 40 food parcels together and we give them away to those in need. And it's an opportunity to speak to, to people as well. People are concerned, people are asking questions, and it's another opportunity just to connect with them and to share how our faith has helped us um, in this very difficult and challenging time. I think there'll be a continued story and narratives of positive stories of faith, belief communities who are responding, serving, serving communities and i hope that continues as 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 we go forward those positive um faith belief uh narratives and stories in the in the news so the next thing i'm really interested to hear from you is april has been 
a important month, a busy month for many faith and belief communities, the Christian community, Sikh community, Jewish community, Muslim community and other faith communities, whether that be through um, festivals or celebrations or moments of contemplation, I think of Eastern Vasaki and Passover, and of course now in the uh, period of Ramadan. And um, I'm really interested to hear from each of you how you have been able to participate. So let me come to, to Satnam. Yeah, it'd be really great to hear from you. Um, Basaki was, was it uh, two, a week and a half ago, two weeks? 14th of April. Yes. I mean, normally it's, it's a big celebration. You know, you, you, we have a procession in more or less every city. Uh, and then after that, we have a fair um in the in some uh city park uh but this year because people couldn't get together uh it had to be celebrated at home and uh, again it was sort of directive was issued from amritsar the golden temple uh that people should do the prayer of guru granth Sahib, which is the holy book from start to finish um and i haven't finished it yet but i am sort of nearly there i'm thinking about next two weeks um, uh, we should finish and um, then we will sort of uh, read the end part Skype my family in London and uh, we, we do that way and the emphasis was to actually challenge your inner self and uh, try to learn about who we are why we are here and what what is going wrong so it was very much uh, soul-searching experience uh, you celebrate you do things but there is no big gathering so that was the that was the thing because um, sometimes we get carried away by show and your mind is taken off from the true purpose of the celebration and uh, I mean uh, during lockdown I, I've learned a lot about other religions as well you know if I see something uh, I read about, I've been sort of trying to read about, uh, you know, um, like say in Christianity, Cromwell, actually, I didn't know about this. He actually banned the celebrations when he took over <laughs> because he said that if he, a celebration is a, a distraction, uh, you should actually celebrate or, uh, you know, pray at home and really pray to God rather than uh, taken away from prayer and uh, more immersed in, into celebrations. So that was the motto uh, this year that don't don't worry about the celebrations as as a, um, you know as a gathering of a lot of people. Try to celebrate. Try to uh, soul search and try to pray to God. Uh, because that is the only solution uh, to have peace in this world. So that, that was the main thing. And uh, the, the directives we've been coming and also the community channels, you know, um, uh, like Sikh channel that, that will actually uh, have all the prayers and all the uh, historical uh, uh, content, contents as well. So uh, we've been very lucky in that sense. Thank you, Satnam. And I can definitely relate to, to some of the things that you said as well around the time that we have at the moment. And that gives a, an opportunity to really reflect and um, really think deeply about faith and enter into a lot of reflection. But hopefully there will be, come that time for that celebration again soon. 
Um, Val, I'd love to ask you next um, a little bit about how you've been uh, able to to celebrate festivals throughout April. Right, well, Passover Pesach started on the 8th of April, so there we were well into lockdown, uh, and it's an eight-day festival, and it celebrates um, the freeing from slavery of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt after 400 years there when Moses led them out and Pharaoh let them go, which made us all think, I think, that our freedoms were severely curtailed at the moment and it had a great um, resonance, I think, this year particularly. Usually it's the big family festival um, in the same way that Christmas is for Christians when everybody gets together for a family meal, whatever, um, and celebrates. And this year, obviously, that wasn't happening. Normally, the first night of Pesach is when you celebrate with your family. And the second night of Pesach um, is one for the whole community to celebrate together. And we have our Seder meal. Now, the Seder includes reading and telling the story of um, the Exodus and um, the flight into freedom. And we're told that we should tell our children from generation to generation because it's as if we were each, in each generation, freed from bondage from slavery. And it's important to remember that there are still people in this world who are not free to think, to believe, um, to act um, as they want to. So this year, people had a, um, we used the internet. The rabbi did a virtual Seder uh, online the first night where there were about 30 odd people of our community who joined in via Zoom. Um, and lots of us um, who had got family at home, um, like for example, my husband and I, we did our own Seder, um, which was odd to do it just with the two of you and nobody else. Um, but we had the Haggadah, which is the, the book from which we tell the story. Uh, and we went all through it as we normally do. Um, and we know that there were people who um, were quite inventive because two of our friends, both of whom who live in Telford, but um, not in the same area, um, they got together over Skype and they... Um, did it between them in their own homes, which was a bit odd, they said, but they managed. The difficulty that some people had was getting the ritual foods that we have because on our Seder plate, we have things to remind us of the time in Egypt. For example, there is, um, there's the bitter herbs, which remind us of the bitterness of slavery. There is the parsley, which is dipped into salt water, which is... Um, like a new beginning, a new start, and but the salt water reminds us of the tears of the slaves. Um, there is the haroset, which is a sweet mix of fruit um, and nuts, apples particularly, um, and dates and all sorts of nice things, which is representative of the mortar that was used in the building that the, um, the Israelites were, were doing in Egypt. Um, and some people couldn't get hold of all those things, but the the point is that it's the intention. If you mean to do it, but you can't do it properly, then that's okay because you're still going for the spirit of it. So people adapted and 
we all got through it. Um, and I think it's reminded us that we need to look after each other and our freedoms and our planet. And the plagues which are recited that were visited on the Egyptians, the fact that we now have this plague of COVID-19 um, was a stark reminder to us all that we have got to start taking a lot more care of this world that we live in if we value the freedom that it gives all of us. Thank you, Val, for that very, very poignant reflections. Okay, Ben. Thanks, Rich. Um, so Easter was the 9th, 10th and 11th of April, and um, it's the celebration, which is a strange word, of kind of Christ's death and resurrection. We believe on Good Friday was the day he died on the cross, and then Easter Sunday he rose again um, so that we all may enjoy eternal life. And it's a, it's an opportunity for many Christians to share their faith, to talk about their faith with others. Quite often we use the word being a witness. And um, usually over Easter we have lots of things planned on the Good Friday. Um, all of the churches in Shirley, in fact it's a national effort up and down the country, do a walk of witness. So in Shirley, which is where I live, we have about 300 Christians from different churches that will walk down the main high street, stop at certain areas, read some scripture and talk about what Good Friday was all, all, all about. Usually on the Saturday, we'll have a big event at the church with lots of crafts and games and activities that allow us to talk about the story of Easter. Clearly, we couldn't do any of that. Um, so we had to rethink and there are always opportunities so we really worked on this question about being a witness and we found a way of still doing the walk of witness but we certainly didn't break any social distancing rules um, we encouraged everybody in the church in Shirley seven or eight churches on their daily exercise routine which is permissible within their household just to snap a picture holding a sign saying we're doing a virtual walk of witness and we posted them on Facebook and there were hundreds of these pictures going all around Facebook and the encouragement was if you saw a picture share it and it started to create a conversation which was really good we then did the window of a witness I'm sure you saw all of the rainbows in people's windows in support of the NHS or the bears in support of the author that sadly passed away we're going on a bear hunt well we developed a graphic that the church could print off and either place in the window of their home or get this you'll like this now the window of their tablets uh -huh. <laughs> so they shared it again on social media with a question ask me what Easter means to me so again we had a number of these images going around so that was the window of witness. And last, we had the word of witness. So we encouraged people to do Facebook Live and just share in three main words what Easter meant to them. Um, and we had some people doing Facebook Live for the first time ever, you know, and probably the, the, the last time. But all of that created conversation and it allowed us to still be a witness um, through the through the gift that his social media and talk to people about what was important to us at this time of Easter. So that was the walk of witness, the window 
of Ray Witness and the words of Ray Witness. It, it was a marketing dream. <laughs> thank you, Ben, and, and thank you to all of you for sharing. And um, I wonder what would we do without uh, being able to connect online at this at this time as i wonder whether we will use once we we are allowed to connect back with our communities and families whether there will be a a steep decline in use of online stuff as we really value actually being with 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 people it's been so great to talk to all of you and hear how you are adapting how you are keep by keeping connected serving community celebrating and also having these times to reflect um we've just got a few minutes left and i just wanted to just end with one final short question really um and some short reflections just we've only got a few more minutes left just around how what you value or, or, or what in terms of the lockdown have, as, uh, have you reflected on about something you particularly value about your faith and belief community. I just recognize that in the busyness of life, I recognize I take many things for granted. And it's only in these times when you don't have something that you really realize how valuable that was. One thing I sort of uh, contemplate on is that, um, you know, when Guru Nanak, the founder of Sikhism actually uh, got enlightened, uh, first thing he came out and he said, that there's no Hindu, there's no Muslim, because there were two major religions in India at that time. Uh, today's extension, he would say that there's no Christian, there's, there's no Buddhist or Jew, or any other religion. We are all members of one human family. And that, that actually came through that, this COVID-19, it doesn't really discriminate. And it doesn't matter which religious community you belong to or even you are not religious it will affect you same so things actually it shows that we are all human beings and we are one people and we should try to live as one people and that will be guru nanak's dream and that will be my dream that way we can actually respect and regardless who we are uh, belief is something very personal to us but there's a bigger thing which is important is humanity and uh, i have seen that humanity is being shown by many religious communities or even non-religious communities and it's wonderful to see that how people actually take care of each other and uh, so you know coming together as a uh, as a human beings rather than uh, separate religious communities and being divided into those so that is that is uh, my sort of strong feeling that how Guru Nanak was so right. Thank you, Satnam. Val. Two things really. First of all, there's an instruction in the Torah that you should treat everybody the same, including the stranger within your community, and that means everybody. And the the, the belief that we all come from one original human being and therefore we are all family and therefore we treat everybody as family and the second thing is that in our synagogue in our sanctuary over the ark which holds the scrolls there's a text which says wait quietly for god my soul because my soul comes from god and at the moment we're all waiting the world is on hold 
but some people are becoming impatient and if people become impatient then it affects everybody in the world um, we can't end lockdown before we need to because we've got to stay safe and our religion teaches us that we're in God's hands and we must wait and we must be patient and trust. Thank you Val and Nika. Um, what I've really um, reflected upon is that how much the volunteers within our community work so hard 24-7, uh, especially in the month of Ramadan, where they prepare meals and give us what food every day and, and running off the children's classes and adults. So that's one thing I've really felt that I have not I've taken for granted in the month of Ramadan. So I would I really miss that. Thank you, Nika. And finally, Ben. Thanks, Rich. Some great reflections there from everyone, and I can echo those um, in all that has been shared. So just two things. One, corporately as a church leader, we all like what we do, and we do it because it's worked for us, and trying to bring change in is always hard. And we've had to change everything, and I think that has been good. I think it's caused us to look a bit broader at how we can communicate our faith in different ways. Now, I want to get back together. I want to see all 180 people turn up for, for a Sunday again. But I hope we don't necessarily pick up everything just because. And all the things that we've started, I hope we don't just drop them just because things have gone back to normal. So I'm doing a lot of reflecting corporately on what life should look like now and how we can keep hold of some of the, the, the good that has come about during this lockdown. And that really goes over to individually. Life is a, at a slower pace. I'm not running around like a headless chicken from here to there. I'm spending more time with the family. It's causing me to reflect on really what is important. And I am... It's a strong word, but I am fearful that when we are released from lockdown, we'll just pick up everything again and it'll get busier and busier. So I am really reflecting on what is really driving me and what is really driving my time. That concludes the, our time in our podcast. I have felt so enriched by hearing you share your experiences and reflections. Thank you again, each and every one of you. This podcast was brought to you by the Faith and Belief Forum. You can find us at faithbeliefforum.org and on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.